welcome to another episode of Random Fit. I am Wendy Batts, and I'm here today with my friend, colleague, and co-host, Mr. Ken Miller. How are you today? I'm well, Wendy. How are you today? I am great. Um, I'm really excited. I say this every week um, about our topic today. But you know what? One thing I wanted to say is I also want to thank our producer. He's always in the background. He runs our show. So, Eric, thank you for making this all happen and he's super excited about this this topic as well. We are talking about the glutes. And so you should, you know, give a hoot, train your glutes. And so today we're talking about the largest muscle in your body, the big house, the glutes, the butt, whatever way you want to talk about it today, we're talking about it in detail and hope you enjoy all the fun stuff we bring up today. Yeah, uh, we've got, um, it's an action packed show. <laughs> talking about <laughs> talking about the backside, uh, the 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 thing that makes everything else happen. So I know we've got, you know, this isn't really an anatomy class, uh, but you know, to truly appreciate what the glutes have to offer you, as far as how it looks, how it works, how it functions, we do have to discuss, you know, what makes that all happen. So uh, let's get to it, Wendy. What what goes into the big house? What what is it about <laughs> the glutes that make it such a prominent feature <laughs> uh, well, in performance and in looks. Well, I mean, looks is that speaks for itself when you've got a nice, you know, perky glutes, you know, people can tell versus if you've got a flat pancake, you know, look, there's a complete <laughs> difference. Uh, you know, obviously, too, you've got to think about when you walk and you bring your back leg back, the glutes are part of hip extension. And that just means when you're stepping back, um, the glutes play a significant role in that action. Plus, I mean, when you're doing lunging and you're squatting and you're doing, you know, when you're running, the glutes have to work. If not, then we start to, and I think this is the big thing we wanted to talk about, is there's so many um there's it's so many things that could go wrong. So you'll end up having pain in your hips. You'll have pain in your knees. You could have pain in your ankles, all because the glutes itself are not functioning the way that they're made to function. So, you know, when we talk about lower extremity joints or just basically joints in their lower body, if the glutes aren't working correctly, then we know we need to activate those along with doing some other corrective, um, you know, corrective exercise strategies on those other areas too that are causing this discomfort. Yeah, and you know the one thing about the hips, uh, the glutes, posterior hip, is that even when I'm working with um, guys, right, male athletes, baseball players, golfers, you know, what have you, and with the amount of attention that we spend in our sessions working on the hips, you know, one of the things that <laughs> inevitably comes up is why am I working on my butt so much? I don't, I don't think I remember telling you that I wanted a bigger butt, but, but the, the thing about it is, it's like, it's, it's like, you're like you're saying with, with what it does for joint mechanics, not just in the hip, but above it and below it. But when it comes to athletics, it, it plays a big part as far as how you hold your posture and, and how your, your lower extremity interacts with the ground. So if the hips aren't working, then nothing else is working well. So even when I'm working with guys and you know they're they're commenting on how much they feel it in their back pockets as far as their hip strength is concerned, or when I have them doing you know 15 or 20 bridges, depending on what the pro programming is that day, they're like, man, I didn't sign up for a bigger butt. But if you're trying to be an athlete, <laughs> you did. You know, that's that's what yeah. I got to And of course, my female athletes are like, hey, 
I'm all for it. Let's go. If I get a twofer, you know, I get to perform better and I look better. You know what? Let's let's do it. Well, and I have to say, in all the clients that I train, again, I am very glute focused for that reason, because I want your your hips to be in the right place. I want everything firing. And when you think about it, the glutes are your powerhouse. If you really want to increase your power production, you want to run faster, you want to jump you know, higher and more explosively. I mean, and this is not just athletes. This is just everyone in everyday life then no matter how much I really train the glutes, I have never seen anyone, and we do this every single time they come in, walk out with like the, their glutes that exploded, like they're gigantic now because I spent so much time on them. <laughs> because when we talk about the glutes itself, we've got to think you've got your glute max, which is the big muscle that, you know, that you're, that lays on the side or the outside of your glutes. But then you have your, your glute medius and your minimus, so the smaller muscles that are underneath that help us move correctly. And if we get all of those firing on all cylinders, it's going to help us with power, but you're not necessarily going to grow your glutes really in size a ton to where, you know, all of a sudden you, you can't fit into your pants unless there's a lot, there's a lot more that goes <laughs> into gaining size with your musculature. But if we're doing, you know, 12 to 15 reps, you're doing slow tempos, you really get these muscles to fire and activate them by doing specific exercises, which we will discuss, then, um, then it's not about, you know, how big you can get them. We just want them to work to their full potential. So you get to maximize everything that you're doing with every exercise that you're doing in the gym. Cause I'm telling you, if you're working your core and you've got good positioning, your glutes are involved. Exactly. And, you know, to kind of ride along with that. And I, I think to kind of paint the bigger picture when it comes to the hips is that, you know, you have the glute medius max and the minimus that you just mentioned. And those three muscles basically come in different layers. Again, you have your deeper hip rotators that help the hip function, you know, more dynamically when it comes to what all that range of motion you have to control. But when you take those big three glute muscles, they're all oriented differently, right? Let's say, you know, the glute max kind of comes in a more diagonal fashion, minimus and more, um, more horizontal and the, and the media is a little bit more uh more vertical but they're all oriented differently and if you're listening to us here on the random fit podcast with me uh ken miller and wendy bats we're talking about the glutes and touching up on on the anatomy of it all it's they're all oriented differently so guess what you have to challenge the hip in different ways so you just talked about how to change your tempo and your speed you know slow high reps um and that's to to stimulate it in a way because you know you're trying to work on stability because not only do we have different directions of how the muscle fibers are kind of are lined up but they're also made up of different muscle fiber types which means they will respond to different levels of stimulus so if you have the slow the high time under tension which is the high reps that you just mentioned wendy you're going to stimulate what we call more of the endurance muscle fibers or the type one muscle fibers but then when you start to get into the fast strength and the power oriented the speed oriented muscles those are now more of the type two muscle fibers so they'll respond more to higher resistance and higher speeds and because of the orientation to where you know the glutes are more 70% bias towards uh, type one versus 30% therefore type two. And there are different, 
there are different variations of that strength and power oriented muscle fiber types. So you have to, and a lot of people don't get this, you have to hit the glutes differently to get the different stimulus to really truly appreciate and get the most out of the glute complex. So because you have different layers, different fiber types, different directions, you got to do a lot to get the most out of them. So wait a minute. So are yeah. you telling me that if I just did squats for the rest of my life, that I'm really not maximizing my glutes. <laughs> you are a one-dimensional glute. Right. User. Yes. Yeah, and I think it. that I think that is what is important. And I think also when we being a trainer, it's our job and responsibility to make sure that everyone is doing exercises correctly. But if you don't have a trainer and you've never had a trainer and you notice that when you do something like squats or deadlifts or something like that, and you feel it in your lower back, that is so common when people are trying to work their glutes. And one thing, when you go to the gym, you want to train yourself in more of a progressive fashion. Start light. And that is the best thing that you can do. Start with the easier emotions first to make sure that they really are activating to their full potential and then start to do the heavier weighted exercises. And I think, Ken, with you talking about the different fibers and everything, I mean, that is super important if you're looking at it from an anatomy standpoint. If I'm just going to the gym and I want a better looking butt, I want to figure out the best ways to do that. And I think my number one recommendation would be to start with single joint easy exercises such as a bridge, laying on the floor, getting into a sit-up position, lifting your hips up, and then slowly lowering it back down, making sure that you only feel it in your butt because the reason people feel it in their lower back or even when they do that simple type exercise and they feel it in their hamstrings, it's because your butt doesn't want to work and it's saying, hey, muscle above you and below me, I would rather you do it while I just hang out. And so that's why it's really important to focus on the muscle and make sure that you feel it in that muscle, because if you feel it somewhere differently, then you're probably doing something incorrectly that could eventually lead to more and more discomfort in a lower back or hamstring strains or something mm -hmm. along those lines. Right. And, you know, in working with different athletes, Wendy, and I know you've had your share of runners that have come to you with yeah. the low back pain, the knee pain, and to take somebody who's used to, you know, running 20 plus miles a week where they're thinking they're using their glutes because, hey, I run a lot and you can't run without your glutes. So why why is my low back and my knee hurting? Well, once you kind of pair them back and get them on the floor to where now you take that single joint motion, right? That, that focused attention on that hip complex, right? Just lifting your hips up and down when you're doing a floor bridge. Now you're really trying to focus on one area, whereas, whereas this runner is using their whole body, right? They're, they've got the arm swing, they got the shoulder and the hip rotation, uh, but they're, they haven't been using their glutes. So like what you said earlier, you know, you got that pancake butt, right? And it's, <laughs> it, 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 how many runners have you worked with that have no butt and they have these huge hamstrings, right? Yes. <laughs> so the second they tried two reps of a floor bridge, they're like, ah, crap, crap, crap. It's like, okay, your glutes haven't been doing what you think they've been doing. So to bring it down to really isolate, not really isolate, but to kind of 
bring down the demand of the body to focus mostly on the hips. A lot of times you don't figure out how weak you are until you get to that point where you are using that single joint motion. And a great example of that is, is the floor bridge. So, so for somebody to actually identify within themselves, it's like, Oh, I guess I'm not as strong as I thought I was. <laughs> Unfortunately, I hear that all the time. They're like, yeah. you know what? I've been to the gym and you're making me lay down and do this. I'm like, I am. And I'm like, and just mm -hmm. tell me where you feel it. And I don't ask them where they feel it. I say, Hey, point, point, tell me where they feel it. And they're pointing to their hamstring. I'm like, eh, wrong. So let's try yeah. to do that. And, and if you're going to try this at home and you're, you're doing a floor bridge just to say that you can, if you feel it in your hamstrings, you know what the easiest way to fix that is, is just bring your heels closer to your bum. And if you scoot your, your feet in closer, like I said, you're lying back, you're in a sit up position, your upper body doesn't leave the ground now. And all you're doing is lifting your hips up and down. If your hamstrings are where you're, where you're feeling it more than just, you should only feel it in the glutes. It is a glute exercise, not a hamstring exercise. If you feel it there, just walk your heels backwards. It's super simple. Just right. do it. If you're going to do it, do it right. I mean, at that point. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not that, and it's not that, and this is something I do have to explain to my clients. It's, it's not that your hamstrings aren't working. It's not that your low back isn't working. They're, they're actually working with the hips, but, and this is a, you know, the, the floor bridge is a great, self-assessment one of those things that i like to do wendy with with my clients it's like okay like you said you know bring your hips up bring your hips down and tell me where you feel it and as a self-assessment yeah feeling my hamstrings well guess what the glutes are supposed to be the shining star in that exercise when they're not the shining star and they're getting upstaged again theatrical references here wow. <laughs> um the hamstrings are starting to pick up then guess what the, the hamstrings are upstaging the glutes as far as who is who's got the role of hip extension primarily right so if the hamstrings which they're, they're built to help but they're not built to be the the prime mover of hip extension then you have to make those adjustments like you said wendy and even from a more regressed standpoint i'm sure you've had this as well as like well i move my heels closer to my hips and i'm still feeling in the hamstrings or you know heaven forbid i'm feeling it in the low back now then you might even have to regress even more uh, from maybe a corrective exercise standpoint, maybe do a little self-monofascial technique, uh, maybe do a little more focused work on flexibility first before we use the hips, because at this point, in this example, it's just about access, right? Mm -hmm. Can you access the glutes or is something else getting in the way like the low back and the hamstring? And we're talking a lot about like athletes and runners and all that. But think about this because of what we just dealt with, with, you know, we're in are still dealing with, with the pandemic mm -hmm. and people are, you know, very much so or more so I should say sitting in front of a computer, they're sitting, they're sitting, they're sitting, they're in the car, they're sitting, they're doing stuff. They're in a seated position. And when you're in a seated position, the front of your hips are in a shortened position. Because as you know, when you're, you're seated, if you look down, you've got that crease between your quad and your, and your stomach. And so those muscles are going to be in a shortened position for an extremely long period of time or however long you're in that seated position throughout the day. So think about hours. And then if you're a side sleeper and you bend your knees up towards your stomach or, you know, even at a 90 degree angle, those muscles are still in a shortened position for the duration of the time you spent sleeping. And so if you don't stretch to your point about the corrective strategy before trying to activate, you really want to open up the front of your hips. And if you can 
get that extensibility and length back in the front of your hips first and then try to activate your glutes, you're going to be way more successful. And, and a lot of those compensations, meaning you're feeling in your hamstrings, feeling in your lower back, feeling it every place other than where you're supposed to be, those will start to diminish because you're finally realigning yourself to work correctly. And I mean, I think that's super important to, to mention that yes, flexibility will really help activate glutes long-term. And, um, you know, if you, if you can go through that first, I think, and then try the bridge, you may have more success. Yeah. And yeah, well, in, in conversations I've had with, with, uh, some of our listeners, you know, and one of the things that they really appreciate about, uh, some of the, the, the knowledge bombs we've got going on with our, with our podcast, even, you know, it's random fit, but we do touch on corrective exercise first. So, um, you know, in looking at, you know, how are we, how are we preparing the body, our warm up, um, and what we're kind of talking about here indirectly is corrective exercise, getting better function first before we increase in, and, um, and impose demand on the body. So how are we preparing the body? How are we, how are we getting the, the, the body or the hips in this case, ready for the workout? So like you're saying, you know, oh, do we have to foam roll? Do we have to do additional stretches to open up the front of the hip? Do we need to down regulate the hamstrings and maybe do some postural work first before we start to, you know, get into some of the exercises we're going to talk about that have higher demands or a good demand on the glutes. So movement preparation, great technique, as you mentioned, Wendy, are, are very important because it just takes a simple you know, turning out of the hips or feet being a little too wide or too far from the hips in the in example of the of the glute bridge to where you you aren't going to be using the muscles that you think you're going to be using. So movement preparation, corrective exercise, you know, just overall self-care and moving better first before we start to work out. Yes. And if you're just joining us, we're talking about you should be giving a hoot and train your glutes. Um, I am Wendy Batts with my co-host, Mr. Ken Miller. And I think you made a great point, Ken, talking about you know, movement prep, if you will. However, I also want you to think about this, the uh, fundamental movement patterns. And when we talk about that in, in our career, we're talking about specific ways that people move. And so those of you guys that really aren't familiar with that, doing things such as hinging, that's something that you have to do every day. When you bend over your hinging or squatting, those that's another fundamental movement. Squatting, hinging, walking. So looking at your gait, that's another really important fundamental movement pattern. And when you're looking at it all together and you think about the importance of movement, your hips, your glutes, everything are involved. And if your hips are not in a proper alignment because your glutes are not really working to their full potential, People get low back pain and it's really, really painful. And unfortunately, you can foam roll, you can do certain things. But if you don't get your glutes to activate, then oftentimes people will go in and surgically have things done to their lower back. When in all reality, that movement prep by stretching the front, strengthening the back can take the pressure and, and um, just the compression off of the lumbar spine, which is just the lump, like lower back. But Ken, I don't know about you, but I often hear people say, oh, uh, you know, L4, L5, it's always L4, mm -hmm. L5. And usually L4, L5 had an issue because the glutes didn't work. And it's 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 painful knowing that there is usually not always because mm -hmm. everybody is different. And oftentimes yeah. 
I feel that surgery could have been avoided if there was proper alignment issues and activation things happening first. However, if you don't know that you're going to go and get things fused or different things happening, and then you're going to end up having that struggle um, all the way throughout the rest of your life, because now you've got something fused or some, you know, some, something not working the way that it was intended to work. (laughs) Right. And I mean, and I know we're talking about the hips here and with the low back being right there, like you said, L4, L5, sometimes I'll hear S1, L5 or L4, L3, you know, somewhere, somewhere in that region, something's happening. And and somewhere in the L's. Somewhere in the L's, unfortunately. I mean, it's it's the one that takes the hit, right? They, if there's someone to blame, that's the one that that's the area that gets the finger pointed at them. Um, but there's, the, I mean, there, not not to toot my own horn, but there's been times where if it's, it, I don't say it's a simple resolution, but if if someone's going to a doctor for low back pain, they take an MRI and they're and they're looking at the at the at the spine and saying, oh, you've got you've got this disc issue going on, you've got this um, amount of closure going on. And not saying it's simple, but if if you're a fitness professional and you are working alongside um, an allied medical professional, whether it be a, a doctor, chiropractor, physical therapist, but if you can get somebody some strength, if you can improve range, because if you can improve range of motion, I mean, they didn't, their spine didn't just, they didn't just wake up that morning and their back hurt, right? They didn't just wake up that morning and then they had a, a bulging disc, whatever the situation may be. That took place over time. It took a certain amount of imbalance. It took a certain amount of movement, you know, uh, overuse patterning, whether they're bending over wrong, standing upright wrong, or just sitting too long and they've got that unwanted pressure or too much pressure. Well, Sometimes if you're if you got the help and some input from other people involved in your client's life and and you actually come up with a program to help the person move better, which often includes freeing up the hip, improving range of motion, getting more access to the stability, strength and the power that you need out of your glutes. Then a lot of times if you can get the tension and the pressure in the right place in this case, the glutes and less pressure in another area, in this example, the low back, then a lot of times these situations can be resolved without surgery. Now, I'm not saying avoid surgery at all costs. Sometimes it's inevitable. Sometimes it has to happen. But if you can, if you can give your client, and I've got a couple clients in mind right now, as far as, you know, those that have been able to stave off surgery or even maybe the type of surgery that they've had to have to where it's something little less there's there's nothing minor about any surgery at all but if you can have somebody have a less invasive or maybe an alternative um, resolution to their low back pain and if one of those issues winds up being or one of those solutions winds up being strengthening up the glutes getting more mobility in the glutes more stability in the glutes then as as somebody who's responsible for their own well-being, you know, it's it's something to explore as far as okay, well, what strengthening, stability, and, and power exercises could I do to avoid pain for one, right? Give myself the structural inge- integrity to avoid pain, but also live the life I want to live. And I think ultimately, um, these are the answers that everybody needs to ask for themselves. Yes, and I think another. I mean, this is kind of a sidebar. 
you know, me and my sidebars here. A bunch of sidebars here if, today. If, if people start to have tingling or they feel like they have sciatic issues or like they feel this shooting pain down their leg, try to have, if it there's no contraindications always, try to have them foam roll their piriformis, which those of you guys that don't know that, it's just the muscle that's on the outer upper butt cheek, if you will. And you're going to know it if it's tender. But if you can sit on that and loosen up that piriformis muscle and then activate your glutes too, it is amazing how quickly sometimes, not always, but how sometimes that can actually help someone if they do it every day, give themselves a week that no one's going to like to foam roll it. It hurts. However, it's very, very good. Plus, then teach them to stand with their toes straight. If you can teach them to stand with their toes straight, mm -hmm. it will deactivate or um, de. I don't want to say deactivate because that's not what I mean, but you're going to actually take some of the pressure off of that overactivity of the piriformis and then get your glute max to fire. Because again, when you walk, you should be using that more than your piriformis. So if you have low back, you have these like sciatic issues and stuff, look at your toes. Are they pointed out? If so, straighten them up. If you want to try to get the pressure off, foam roll that area, then do some of the exercises that we're going to talk about next. So can we keep talking about the glutes? We keep talking about <laughs> all these things about stabilization, strength and power, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But you're going to the gym, you want a better bum. You want to look good. You want it to feel yeah. better. You need, to, need it to move better. We know that. We just talked about that for 26 minutes. So what are some exercises that that you use with your clients or you do mm -hmm. with yourself in order to try to get activation and strength back into the big house. Well, I, the, the, the major one that you brought up already is the floor is the floor bridge, right? Or the glute bridge as it may also be known as, but um, you know, those are some of the, the basics. And like you said, I mean, we have to hip hinge. So if I'm standing over the sink, washing dishes, I am bent over, the sink, right? Brushing my teeth, I'm bent over the sink. So we have to be able to hinge. Again, that's not a very big hinge, but if I have to pick up something off of the floor, um, I'm hinging at the hip. And this is one of those exercises that definitely incorporates the hinging of the hip. Um, you know, as we go from, you know, your back flat, knees are flexed, feet are flat on the ground, and you're just raising your hips to the ceiling, you're going through hip extension, but you you are lowering yourself into a hip hinge position. So the floor bridge is one of the go-tos. Again, it's, it is pretty dynamic when you have to think about all the things that you have to coordinate with hip, knee, toe alignment, having a nice straight spine. So you need to maintain a good neutral spine. So uh, with with the floor bridge, again, we've mentioned this throughout the the uh, the podcast so far as a, as an example of of um, one of the key exercises you can do to activate the glutes. But there's a lot more going to that bridge than people realize. So having keeping a nice spine, keeping good lower body um, alignment, but also feeling it in the back pockets, as I like to say, versus uh, the hamstring or the low back winds up being you know something that your clients can immediately feel to know that they're doing the exercise correctly. Well, I think too, when you keep saying bend over to brush your teeth, bend over to do that. I mean, technically you're doing a deadlift as well. So yep. to start, when you're talking about the bridge, you're laying flat on your back. So you're taking kind of gravity out of, you know, having to, to balance your upper body against gravity because you're just lying flat and you're really working your hips towards gravity. 
But I think the deadlift is super important to talk about yep. because it is a hip hinge. It is an exercise people do at the gym. And unfortunately, it can really harm you if, you, if you're not careful because people, when they deadlift, like to lift heavy. And just make sure you get the fundamental man, uh, mechanics correctly first. Put yourself in proper alignment. What is that? Feet are pointed straight ahead, shoulder to hip width apart. And when you go into the, the deadlift, which all that means is your legs, you can do a, a um, Romanian deadlift with your, your knees straight, or you can slightly bend it and do a traditional deadlift that most people know. Um, however you're doing it, your back is flat. If it's bending at all, or there's any kind of roundness in your, your upper to um, mid back, you're using more of your vertebrae in your back than you are your glutes and hamstrings, which should be your primary muscles that you're using when you're doing that particular exercise. So I wanted, just because you said both of them, I'm like, you know what, actually that checks off a deadlift as well. Yep. And I think that's a very common one that's done. But again, you need to make sure that it's done correctly. Yep. And I will, a lot of times when I use the deadlift in that training session that day, I'll use the floor bridge as a requisite mm -hmm. to prepare for the deadlift. So, you know, if, if you're looking at your warm up, as we discussed already, you want to have your warm up process kind of look like what you're going to do during the workout. So to your point, Wendy, um, I'll use the floor bridge in the warm up or the movement prep for a day that I'm going to do more hip or glute centric exercises. So it, yeah, for all the things that you talked about, it, it helps with activation of those spinal muscles as well as the hip complex as well. Um, well, well and yeah, I, yeah. I also want to sidebar and this may get me in trouble. I do follow the OPT <laughs> model, but for every single client I have and every single phase of training we do, and I don't care if you're a stay home mom or an elite athlete, the two exercises I have someone start with, Every single session, no matter what you do, is a lateral tube walk, which I know we're going to talk about quickly next, yeah. and then also the bridge. Now, as you can progress, remember, every exercise can be progressed. After you do it on the floor, put yourself on the ball, and then you can eventually put weight on your hip. And so, you know, one, another one that mimics a bridge is a, a hip thrust. It's done a little bit different. There's mm -hmm. a little bit different technique. However, it is still that same motion of movement at the hip. And so to me, I find that very, very important because if you don't get your glutes to fire, then I'm probably not going to be successful throughout the entire workout. So after I foam roll and have them or have them foam roll, have them stretch, then I immediately go to those two exercises first. All phases. Uh, all, all th no matter what. This is, all phases. This is it. And if I'm doing something, they know how to foam roll, they know how to stretch, and they do those two exercises if they get there early, and then we move on. That's Every it. person. That's, <laughs> so, that's, that's a part of your workout template. You just have that permanently stamped on that piece it, of it, that. And, it's, and then it you fill in the rest. I do. I do. And we might change some of the stretches. We'll change some of the foam rolling. Mm -hmm. um, and we may change how we do the different types of bridge or the different color band that they use. But, you know, I, I mentioned lateral tube walking. Those of you guys, too, I just want to say that are just joining us. You want to give a hoot, train your glutes. I am Wendy Batts here with Ken Miller. And we're talking about now some of the exercises that can really get some great glute activation that can help you move, move better, feel better and perform better by making sure the big house is functioning correctly. And uh, just I wanted to say the lateral tube walk is like I said, I, I find it to be a very important part of every exercise program that I do 
And so I'll have someone put a mini band around their ankles. They can do it around their, their knees. And then eventually to make it more challenging, I have them put it on the outside of their feet underneath the arches of their feet. And they will move from side to side without tipping, without doing a Michael Jackson slide. See that all the time. It's like they step and they slide. That is slide. no, yeah. don't do that. No slides. Like if I want you to slide, we'll go to the, we'll go down the street to a, to a dance club or something. I want you guys <laughs> to focus on the movement and, uh, and, and correct movement patterns. And so, you know, by doing that, it actually really does focus a lot on the glute medius, which is another one of those small muscles mm -hmm. that we were talking about earlier. Uh, when that little guy gets shut off and doesn't work correctly, it can impact the big glute max as well as what's happening at the hip. Yeah, and, and, and one thing that I'll do to prepare for that um, lateral tube walking is the sideline straight leg raise. So just like we had a floor bridge can be the precursor to um, a hip thrust or even the deadlift, I'll use the sideline straight leg raise. And all that is you're laying on your side, right? Your shoulders are stacked, hips are stacked, and your top leg, so if I'm on my left side, my right leg is gonna be straight and actually slightly extended behind me. So my heels are gonna be a little bit behind my hips as I raise my legs straight up to the ceiling and then slowly back down if I'm gonna look at it more from a stability standpoint. So I'll do a sideline straight leg raise. And as a progression from that, now as I get somebody off the floor and integrated and standing up, now I'll start to do what you just said, Wendy, is I'll do banded, banded lateral uh, tube walking. So um, have you ever done like, two three bands at the same time you get the the knee the ankle and i mean you have to have that many bands first of all i do have that many bands however <laughs> i don't because you know it's such a small muscle and that's what i try to get people to understand this is me just getting your stabilizers and getting everything just to warm up and move it's more mm -hmm. of what i use kind of as a dynamic warm-up and and to your point i love the sideline leg raises if those of you guys that listen to our grant uh grant hill podcast that we did a couple weeks ago I had Grant do those all the time. My husband did as well as any of the other trainers that uh, we were associated with, with this poor man. And he hated them, hated them. <laughs> and he hated them because they were hard. And so when people right. kind of think about these, you know, exercises, oh, they're, they're so simple. Well, two things, either you're not doing it correctly, or maybe you don't need to be doing that and you can progress it. And just, again, it's all about form, all about, you know, proper alignment. And, you know, I mean, we could go through every exercise in the book, but I think we, we touched on the smaller ones, good ones to start with, and then eventually work up to your squats that you want to do, the heavier deadlifts yeah. that you want to do, lunging in all three planes of motion, doing a step up, you know, step up balance. Can you maintain proper alignment? And if you should feel that primarily when you're doing your lunges, your squats, um, your single leg squats, your step ups, all of those should be very quad glute. They should work in harmony. Those are your two prime movers. If you're feeling it somewhere different in your lower back and your hamstring or somewhere differently, then you want to recheck your positioning, your alignment, yeah. and then maybe regress a little bit and try it again until you know that your form is perfect so you can maximize execution. Because we've talked about this multiple times. Bad information in is going to lead to a bad outcome. And so you always want to focus on your movements in the gym, especially when it's loaded. So therefore, you feel better later on and you didn't injure or harm or put stress on a joint that shouldn't have been affected at all. That's my takeaway. Right. 
by the way. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, I, and mic drop. <laughs> and all right, everybody. Thanks for joining us. No. <laughs> but I, I think, you know, if I were to kind of put this all, I mean, because this is a lot, of, I mean, in this short podcast, there, there's a lot of information, especially about the hips. But I, I think, you know, the one thing that, that I try to, have all my athletes or clients walk away with is that, okay, the, the glute complex is complex, right? As far as how it's built, its orientation of the muscle fibers, the types of muscle fibers. So you need to challenge it from different directions. So we mentioned floor work, we mentioned standing work, we mentioned band work. We, now you can get into, you know, box work where you're changing elevation and coming up. And here's the thing, if, if you're gonna truly, truly challenge the glutes as the multi-dimensional region that is that it is you have to challenge different speeds different positions different resistances um all of that to to truly maximize the glute maximus right the, <laughs> that that region overall so putting everything together because i know we all have our emotional attachments like where you're talking about the the floor bridge we we have emotional attachments to exercises that we prefer because oh man i really feel it in that in in that area with that movement like no other but here's the thing i mean you do one exercise a lot you become one dimensional well here's the thing the glutes are multi-dimensional as far as how it's built and how it's and how it's meant to function so to do these exercises you have to integrate it into your everyday movements you know to where you're standing you're moving forward you're moving lateral and grant hill is a great example of somebody who plays basketball where you're going in in different areas so you have to you have to work on your weaknesses because that's what's going to really keep you healthy when we talk about back pain knee pain um even foot ankle issues but you have to challenge the body um especially the hips integrate it differently but you need to put everything together because your glute works only as good as your ability to integrate everything so if if you build it they will come yes yes <laughs> if you build it your your back your back side Great. will be the way watch, the baseball, watch the baseball uh, <laughs> game about that the other day so it was just a really cheesy plug i have no part in and get nothing out of it um fantastic movie <laughs> MLB, thanks you. Yes. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, this Wendy. was fun. <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna say that. Um, you know, I, you can't talk about the glutes too much because it is that important. So, if you like what you listened to today with uh, Give a Hoot, uh, what, train your glutes. glutes. Train your glutes. Burn, burn uh, your glutes. Burn them. Burn them. That's what I think. <laughs> you gotta burn your glutes. You got to train your glutes. So. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Hope you got a lot out of this today, as much as I always get out of our talks together, Wendy. So if you like what you listen to, like, follow, subscribe, comment, download, all that good stuff. But, uh, you know, we'd love to give you the information that you want to hear about regarding Random Fit. So until next time, everybody, take care and be well.